When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Back to the same old place, sweet home, Chicago. All right, you're listening to a Bears Nation podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. So today I have Harrison Barzik. Is that how you pronounce it? That's right. That's it. Let let the people know. Let Go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, I know you've been on the show a couple of times, but I don't know if we've ever spotlighted you. Um, go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, what you do for Bears Nation. So like Josh said, my name is Harrison Barzik. I'm a senior at University of Miami right now. And uh, basically for Bears Nation podcast, I just write a couple articles here and there, and I like to do the interviews with people. So anytime I can get in contact with a good source, whether it's a scout from another website, even a player, if I'm lucky enough, I like to do some interviews with them and bring that onto the podcast. Sweet. Yeah. And so once again, Bears Nation is a section of Chicago Sports Nation, and Chicago Sports Nation is a section of Wagner Enterprises. And so Wagner Enterprises covers um chicago sports nation um la la expert sports nation new york city sports nation and philly sports nation and then dallas sports nation wow that's really hard to say uh but we're taking over we are we're taking over we're gonna conquer the world uh, um or at least <laughs> america so we'll see where, where that goes but uh we are bears nation podcast so we are going to cover the bears and um we are super excited about being first place in the NFC North, and it feels really good just to be to be there. Uh, you want to share your emotions a little bit? <laughs> oh, man. I feel just every morning I wake up and I am in first place, and just such a good feeling. I was talking with Jake last week about the power rankings a little bit, and you see in that ESPN graphic, we're finally in the top 10. We have not been on that graphic in years, so it's so nice to even be in that conversation. I know we're not quite at the top of the mountain yet, but even being there feels great. And Chris Nano, who's normally on the show, and oh, Jake's not here today either. Uh, they both had previous engagement, so it's you just have us two. But Chris, with his weekly "Good morning, peasant," peasants <laughs> uh, tweet <laughs> went out, and I, I just love seeing that. I love seeing uh, bragging because we don't get to be up here very often, um, especially lately. And I hope this is a trend uh, from se- for seasons to come. But just to enjoy it while while it's here. Uh, I'm definitely going to take advantage of that. And so uh, let's go ahead and get into the game. Um, Most people will save special teams for the end. (laughs) But I I feel like it's our duty as Bears fans, as Bears supporters, to to come to the aid, to the rescue of one of our own. And so let's, uh, let's go ahead and start with special teams and just speak truth at first. And then we'll, we'll keep speaking truth. But how did special teams do this week? Well, I just want to get one thing out of the way first. And I want to say that we are huge Cody Parkey apologists on this show. 
we supported our guys at thick and thin. And uh, it was definitely a little rough patch for him this week after he hit the crossbore four times, which I've never seen in my entire life. But he'll get it together. I got faith. Yes. And so we are definitely on board with Cody Parkey, not because uh, we are ignorant to what happened last game. Like he hit he hit the goalpost four times. But we just we just back our guys. Um, and there, there has been history of players being bad and then not getting kicked off the team. <laughs> um, and I think that's okay. Sometimes players have just have a bad game. Um, Cody was also critiqued on the way he looked after after those kicks and how he didn't show enough emotion. Um, I think we're pretty used to that in Chicago. <laughs> so I don't know why we're complaining about it. I mean, Jay Cutler is the king of showing no emotion. So, um, Cody, you keep doing your thing. I mean, Harrison... I know we were talking about it off the show a little bit, but I mean, a good example, our rivals, Mason Crosby, uh, tell them kind of what happened earlier this season. Yeah. So I think it was four weeks ago when the Packers were playing the Lions, Crosby went one for five from deep kicking field goals. And that was just embarrassing. Obviously they still have him on the team today and he's won them a couple of games since we look at that one for five. He missed four field goals. That's 12 points left on the field in a game that the Packers lost to the Lions by eight. So he lost in that game. Now, if Parkey loses this game, maybe have a different conversation. But we were ahead by so much. We still won. Those eight points he left on the field didn't affect the game really in any way for us. So I'm a little more okay with it. It's a slightly easier pill to swallow. Yeah, and it, it's, a, it's a common trend. Like, just because your player does bad in one game doesn't mean you throw him out. Of, throw him out. I, I get that Parkey potentially may have lost us the, the, the Dolphins game um, as well. But it's a team game and it should never come down to a field goal. And I think, I think the bears, exactly. I think the bears put us in a position this week that it didn't come down to a a field goal. Um, and Parkey was able to make those mistakes. If two of the three phases are going as planned, um, the other, the other phase has at least a little, a little give, to be able to uh, make mistakes. And this was special teams this week to make a mistake. But a big problem with special teams on this on this specific Bears team is they've been they've been pretty bad <laughs> all season actually. Like yeah. just li- little dumb mistakes. But I mean I mean even Anthony Miller, you wanna talk about what kind of what he did, the big old dummy. Yeah, well, before I get to Anthony Miller, real quick, I want to touch on one thing for these Bears fans especially. I know Robbie Gold has been a sore spot for a lot of us, and think mm-hmm. back to a couple of years ago when he lost us a couple of games and he missed some field goals. We got rid of him. We also him out of town maybe a little quicker than was warranted, and he turned it right around and is killing it for the 49ers now. But as Josh said, we have another goof on special teams this week, and that was Anthony Miller who swatted the onside kick out of bounds. And at first I didn't think it was that bad of a move until – Ended up being a re-kick, which the Lions recovered. So just a lot of these things, you got to clean it up, get a little smarter. A lot of these mistakes are sloppy. I know Tariq Cohen has had some questionable returns. A lot of them seem to work out for him so far. But, again, just be smart out there for our special teams, and they should be able to get it together pretty soon. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's just being smart. A lot of these mistakes that these guys are making are just, like, like dumb mistakes that I, coaches probably don't even think they have to go over because, exactly, uh, like, Anthony Miller just – catch the ball and fall down like you had every opportunity i don't understand why you swatted it like 
I, I, and we'll talk about this later. Anthony Miller's passion is amazing, and I love that. Um, and I think he was just on fire, and he hit it as hard as he could just to be funny. But it's not a time to be funny. Like, I'm, we just want to finish the game, just get it over with. Um, but Yeah. Uh, so enough about special teams. Um, uh, we, we're Cody Parker – Cody Parkey fans, um, not necessarily fans, just apologize. Like you said, we, we'll, we'll apologize. Supporters, for supporters. There we go, supporters. Uh, we, we're not dumb or ignorant. He, he played bad, but teams teams shouldn't just drop guys because they played bad. Um, exactly. And Nagy said it himself, there's no one that's more angry right now than Cody Parkey. There's no one that's more down on him than he is himself. So he knows he's got to get better and it's not like he forgets he's got to make these kicks. He'll figure it out, hopefully, or else he's gone. So he'll, he'll get it together. And when he's gone, I'll be the biggest Cody Parker Parky hater there is. So. <laughs> I'll be number two. I'll be number two right behind you. <laughs> yeah, but as long as he's on the team, uh, he's, he's our guy, and we've got to support him. Um, let's move on to offense, um, and which is going to be a really fun topic just because, wow, they did great just right off the bat and they've been great right off the bat uh that the, generally that first drive they've been um either scoring or put themselves in scoring positions um but go ahead go ahead and talk about them this week well i think like you said before with anthony miller i mean he had some boneheaded plays on that but he really really had a great showing on offense this week him and uh alan robinson together out there both had over 100 yards both had at least one touchdown so Seeing those two, their chemistry with Trubisky is clearly building, and just seeing them ball out today was really showing that Ryan Pace really did well this offseason. It's working out so far. Go ahead and throw out uh, Anthony Miller's stats really fast. I don't have them in front of me, but I think you do. Yeah, so Anthony Miller, again, like I said, he had a really big game. Five catches for 122 yards and one touchdown. His long was 55, but I know he had a couple of large gains. And then Allen Robinson, six catches, 133 yards. Like I said, both in triple digits for the yardage. Love to see that from your top two receivers. It's super important for Trubisky getting his feet on the, under him. Going forward, he's got two guys he knows he can rely on, and that showed here today. Yeah, and that's the thing, being able to rely on him. Uh, they've been they've been meshing more and more every week. Uh, Anthony Miller and Trubisky uh, specifically. Um, targets hasn't been the problem with Anthony Miller. He's been targeted a ton. But just that, that connection is really starting to build, and I'm getting excited. Um, the the token Trubrewski to Miller time is. Oh is, yeah. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to take off eventually. Uh, but uh, yeah, I really like the connection. I really like those, those two. Uh, somebody reached out to me on who Anthony Miller plays like the most, um, who to compare them to. Um, I'm going to let you go ahead and answer first and I'll tell you who I, what, what my answer was. But if you had to compare Anthony Miller to anybody, who would it be? And be as bold as you want. Who cares if someone's like, oh, that's too much. Just go ahead. Okay, well, you're giving me a lot of leeway here. This is going to be pretty bold. And I don't think he's as good and may not ever be as good. But just like the way he plays, the way he runs his routes, the little nuances to his route running, I think he looks a lot like Antonio Brown out there. This is his body mm. size. Like I said, the way he runs – He's really strong, too, with the ball in his hand. He gets a good yards after catch and knows his space on the field. So I think he looks and plays very similar to him. So the guy that I was talking to, I think his name's Joshua Cornell. Um, he, he's an avid Bears fan, and he's constantly, like, he's always in, talking to somebody on uh, Twitter. So I, I see him around. But anyways, he, he said that he compared him to Golden Tate. But my comparison, who I love, and he was compared to him during the draft, 
but Steve Smith, uh, senior, and oh, okay, okay, and I I love the the comparison with the route running and speed and all that good stuff. But my favorite thing about Anthony Miller is his passion and just how heated he gets on the field. And uh, um, when Trubisky when Trubisky got hit out of bounds, um, to see Anthony Miller just run over there, just this guy's huge. I forget his name. Uh, it's number 40. He's an inside linebacker, I think. I think his name, I think he's number 40. Uh, but he's a big dude, way bigger than Anthony Miller. But he went yeah. up there and put his put his face in there and he got punched. <laughs> but it was just it was so funny just to see little Anthony Miller get in there. It's like, hey, don't touch my guy. That's my that's my guy. <laughs> it was just yeah. I, don't know. I think I like to see that even more than maybe the 122 yards. Okay, maybe not yeah. more than the 120. Yeah. That's that's a pretty good sight, but like Kyle Long out. You're kind of losing your enforcer up there. And it's nice to see a young guy, a rookie, stepping up. He got his teammates back. He knows what this is, part of a family. And I absolutely love to see that with Kyle Longa. And someone else stepping up and kind of taking the leadership role, which is awesome. Um, another thing is, like you said, his strength to be able to break out of tackle. So that 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 uh, catch and run touchdown, um, he was wide open. But even that tackle that he just kind of brushed off, like he's not a weak guy. Like he's going to fight through tackles. Even his very first catch, where he got smashed by those two guys, he was fighting for those extra yards. Um, and that's that's fire. That's passion. And uh, yep. Yep. you can't you can't train that. You can't. And Pace has done such a good job finding guys with that fire. Um, they may not talk as much as Anthony Miller does because Anthony Miller likes to talk. He like he's he's very confident in himself. Um, but they're everybody, every one of them has confidence in themselves and each other. Uh, and I, like even the guys that they, they traded for Khalil Mack, like he has that same like fire and passion, but he, he's not like a cocky butthole. <laughs> yeah, I forgot but, who it was to score a touchdown for us on offense, but uh, they were up the sideline after the touchdown and Khalil Mack was one of the first guys out there celebrating with the offense. And he's, Obviously, an outside linebacker. So just seeing him, his passion yeah. for the team, his passion for his teammates doing well. I like to see that, especially for a guy that hasn't been here as long as most people have. Yeah. So let's move on to Mitch Trubisky. Um, you go ahead and go first on Mitch and what you've evaluated and what you see in him. Um, it's kind of sad to see how everybody is so just beaten up on him. Like, no matter how good he does, no matter how good of a game he has, whether it be his opponents weren't that good or, um, or that or that it's just the coaching or the defense is holding the offense up. But no matter what his stats say, they're, they're constantly beating up on him. So what, what, what do you have to say about Mitch? Exactly. Like you said, no matter what his stats are, people are always going to be unhappy with him. That's just part of being a Chicago Bears fan. Some people are always going to be like that. But he went 23 of 30, 355 yards, three touchdowns, one on the ground. One of his best games of the season. Nagy said it was his best game of the season. And like he said, he just absolutely did great this week. Now, on the season, Trubisky has better stats than Aaron Rodgers in the following categories. That's completion percentage, yards per attempt, touchdown, passer rating, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, and wins. Just about every major category for a quarterback is currently better than Rodgers. And I'm not saying he is anywhere even near to Rodgers' playing level yet. Rodgers is one of the GOATs, as much as it kills me to say. But he's being in all the major categories right now, at least in this point in the season. And like you said before, people are never going to be – not everybody's ever going to be happy with what a Chicago Bears quarterback does – that's just part of it. People are never going to accept him as truly being elite if he ever gets to that level. But those guys are so rare. And finding guys that can go week in, week out, making it look easy, put up huge numbers, are so few and far between. 
you look at it, there's really only a handful in my mind. That's Breeze, Brady, Rogers, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan's on the fringe of that. So guys like that, week in, week out, that can make it look easy are so few and far between. 99% of the quarterbacks that come in the league never got to that level. So Bears fans need to learn to be happy with what they have. Jay Cutler never put up these numbers, so I, for one, am thrilled with where Trubisky's at. What's crazy is even guys that you mentioned, I, I can only name two that are immune to hatred. Um, or not, I wouldn't say hatred. Hatred is the wrong word. Uh, immune to being called not elite. Because I would say even Matt Ryan, who was an MVP at one point, um, has been called less than elite. Um, even Drew Brees has been called less than elite at some point in his career. Uh, these, these guys who are excellent, um quarterbacks have their bad games and i think mitch trubisky has shown that he can he could take it to the next level he could take us to where we need to be to win okay let's just say let's just say it wasn't rex grossman at quarterback uh for the super bowl and it was mitch trubisky do we win that game i want to say yes the only reason i'm not Yelling yes right now is because we have not seen much in those big games yet. We got to see how he handles that spotlight. But if there's any other regular season game, I would think yes. Well, so my point being, are you more comfortable with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback than Rex Grossman? Oh, no doubt, no doubt. And so, I, I think I think he, I think he elevates our team. He he can get us to that point. I based off the skills and the skill set that we've seen, based off the skill set from our team um, already. I think he is good enough to say, hey, he's a good quarterback who can get us to that next level. That's why we spent so much on Khalil Mack is because we can we could tell just by looking at just by looking at the basics, the the fundamentals of Mitch Trubisky, we're good enough to say screw our next two first round picks. We are good enough to make it to the Super Bowl either not next year or either not this year, but maybe next year or the year after. That's how confident Pace is. Pace doesn't just make moves just because he feels like he just really wants a really good player on his team. No, he made a move because he trusts Mitch Trubisky right now. And um, if someone puts that much faith in in the in, – because draft picks are valuable. Like I don't care what anybody says, first-round draft picks – um, I know they're, it's rare to actually land one, but they're valuable when you do land one. I mean, just look at Khalil Mack. Like, he's a first-round draft pick. Like, yep. it's, it's valuable. Um, and so Pace, Pace you know, believes it, and um, Nagy believes it. Like, this isn't, this isn't just some joke that they're just playing. Like, it's, it's, this is for real, and I think we should be on, on that train. And I think Ryan Pace should be getting some hype for executive of the year. If we make the playoffs, I think the noise will be too loud to ignore. I mean, look at the free agent guys he's brought in. Hit on almost all of them this year with Trey Burton, Taylor Gabriel, Allen Robinson, drafted Anthony Miller's having a great season so far. Drafted Roquan Smith who's having a great season so far. Made that ballsy move to get Khalil Mack. I mean, everything he's done this year has paid off where it may not have in years past when he got criticism. And if we do make the playoffs and do turn it around, I think he will start getting that conversation for executive of the year because he's definitely earned it. Yeah. Hands down. So let's go. Let's move on to the run game, um, or lack thereof. What What do you think the problem is there? Um, I think the problem. I know we talked to, uh, off air about losing Josh Sitton and how that might have had a role in it. I think you're right with that. Where Josh Sitton was really, really good, and uh, between him being gone, 
I don't know that necessarily like Whitsman, I think his name is, or Kush, or even the combo of Kyle Long and Eric Kush together were as good of run blockers as him. And then just the commitment to the run game isn't quite there. Like it wasn't in years past with John Fox. With John Fox, no matter what he was doing, he was going to be running the ball. And Nagy hasn't done that as much. And as we see, Jordan Howard's kind of a rhythm guy where he gets better as the game goes on. And he hasn't really gotten the chance to kind of get in that rhythm and get himself going like that. Although he has had some success in short yard situations or breaking a big runner when he needs to. He's just not putting up that pure yardage like he's used to doing. And, I mean, he gets his few breakaways. Like, I think he had a nine-yard gain at the beginning of the game. And um, he gets his few runs off. But those holes just really aren't there. Um, like you said, we were talking about it pre-show. Um, was Josh sitting really that good uh, for this line? I'm not saying he's the reason that the running game has taken a dip. But to say that he's not good and to say that he didn't affect the line in the run game I think it would be remiss on his skill level I think he's definitely good enough to say we left we left a big hole there um to fill um and James Daniels has been doing good uh but that that we've always been missing something so um James Daniel was at the beginning of the year James Daniel was a, a greenhorn and so we had Cush in there who was doing good and and the line's been doing great pass protection wise. Uh, but those holes haven't been as big as as big as we would like in order for someone like Jordan Howard who's a bruiser or even a, a zone runner who gets out and finds the holes. Because um, that was another thing that, that John Fox did well was um, worked to Jordan Howard's abilities. And so Jordan Howard's really good at finding holes as opposed to uh, our line being really good at making holes. And yeah. so Jordan Howard, they'd go, they'd take an outside run, and I think it's it's called zone running, but they'd go uh, outside, and wherever the hole was is where he would cut back in and get that get that hole. And he's really good at finding those and good instincts. Um, and I don't think we've created very many of those opportunities. And if we do go outside, we're using Tariq Cohen. Um, and I, I think that's mostly where Jordan Howard did really well was – either getting into that uh, not necessarily the outside outside run, but just that inside outside, if that makes sense. I don't know. I know what you mean. Right now I'm just kind of rambling, but uh, um, I don't, and I'm not, I've said this before on the show. I'm not an analyst. I'm not a a football coach. Like I I just, I just watch the game and just see kind of like what works and what doesn't. And that's just something I've observed is, we we're not using Jordan Howard's um, strengths because Jordan Howard's not fast. He's not. I mean, he's deceptively quick, but he's not. He's not super quick. He can't just burst through a hole. He's got to see the hole and then go through it. Um, and I don't think we're working to that. I think I think we're trying to make Jordan Howard something he's not, and I think it's it's killing him and his stats because. Uh, he wants to get paid too, whether it be with the Bears, which I hope it is, or it be with uh, a different team. But it's it's killing Jordan Howard. But anyways, <sighs> do you have anything else on the offense in general? Uh, yeah, I just want to add. I think it's kind of basically just the way this run is used in Nagy's offense. I know last year Green Hunt led the NFL in rushing, but this year it's looking a little different with kind of how he needs it to function in the office on the offense. It's not like John Fox where we run. 
to get down the field and score. We're not running to, to make our run plays work well and have that be our entire offense. We're running to kind of complement the passing offense. We're running to either keep the defense honest or set up a play action. So we're not relying on it. We're kind of using a supplementary. And you can see sometimes like that, you can't get the rhythm going. You can't get all the looks you necessarily want to. But the offense is still functioning without a huge run game. So we'll see how that goes as the season goes on. Adam Shaheen potentially is coming back this week. Uh, he practiced fully last week. Um, they chose not to um, activate him this week. When they do activate him, just out of curiosity, who do you think's uh, getting cut? Because we got to fit that 53 man. Uh, I think it's going to be t- uh, Smoke Mazel. I mean, we gave him a chance this week. Showed he doesn't really add too much to our team, whether it be special teams or the offense. There are a couple other guys. Deion Sims might be one people want cut and cut, but uh, I think it's going to be one of the smaller guys with a low salary of guaranteed dollars. Yeah. I, that that was my answer too. So I think Jaquan Mizell. I was kind of excited about him when he came on the on the scene, but he has not lived up to his his nickname. I think that's mostly why I was excited. I think I just thought it'd be really cool to have a guy with the nickname Smoke on the team. Yeah, he had a good uh, he had a good preseason too. I mean, he made some plays. Not like again, not like kind of a, a world beater preseason like you know some people have. But whenever he got the ball. He's able to catch it pretty well. He's able to make some good catches, make a couple guys miss. So again, not a world beater by any means, but he was a consistent player in the preseason. And you're seeing now he's getting these chances in the regular season, just not making the plays we need him to. So I don't think he's a great fit going forward. Yeah. Uh, so if we're all done with offense, we can move on to defense. So are you, are you getting all, yeah, got all your thoughts up? Cool. Well, let's hit the defense. I know you wanted to jump straight into the DBs because they were on fire this weekend. You want to go ahead and uh, shoot them off? Yeah, so our defensive backfield right now actually has some real young stars. In it. I mean, Bryce Kellyanne had himself a day. He had a second interception this season. He had a sack coming off the blitz. He almost had another one, but he got kind of thrown in the air with a pump fake. Kyle Fuller had another great game, a couple of pass breakups. And he right now has the second most pass breakups in the NFL, 14, just one behind a Jets cornerback. Another, just like last year, a ton of pass breakups. So really our defensive backfield is really coming into its own. Eddie Jackson's playing like a pro bowler. And, and Adrian Amos is around the ball a lot too. So we got our guys playing extremely well in the back end. Yeah, I mean, turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. And it's happening every week. And you, you can't say enough about how these guys are just meshing. Um, they're all doing their job correctly. Uh, Khalil, uh, not Khalil Mack. Um, Kyle Fuller, he didn't really have that many stats, but and that's a good thing. That means they are avoiding him. Um, so DBs on point, DBs are doing great. I don't really have much more to say about that, just because the, their their play speaks for themselves. Um, and Matt Stafford, I, you said you had the stats in front of you. What what, what was his passer rating? His QBR on ESPN was 17.5, while Trubisky had a 97.5, and that's out of a 100-point scale, I believe. It's 17? 17. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. I, I just got, I, I, I don't know. You, can't, I, I, you could probably tell by my voice, but I'm smiling just because that's, that's just crazy to know that, <laughs> that, right? that our defense is that good. Because Matthew Stafford's not a joke, and he's proven that over and over again. And even at the end of the game, I like – I wasn't legitimately scared, but Matthew Stafford's the king of comeback uh, games. And, oh, yeah. I mean, they started scoring touchdowns at the end, and I was like, the Bears would 
come back and lose this game. Like, <laughs> so yeah, I was, I was, I'm always worried. No matter how far ahead we are, I'm always worried as a Bears fan because of how many disappointments we've had in the past couple of years. We would be having a different conversation about Parky if we lost that game. So exactly. Um, <laughs> um, let's move on to Roquan and the inside linebackers. Uh, what what do you got? Roquan Smith just keeps coming into his own. A lot of the team with 10 tackles, nine of those are solos. He had one sack and a tackle for a loss. I mean, he just big, fast, hits hard. His instincts are great. I mean, he's really playing exceptionally well so far this season. Um, yeah, Roquan, like you said, he's just everywhere. He He's exactly where the ball is all the time. He he wants it, and that's, that's the kind of players that this team has is just that pa- passion and fire. And um, they will not be making the same mistakes that they made weeks four. I think it was four. Or anyways, I when when they were missing so many tackles, I can't remember where. I think it was four and five where they missed tackles left and right. And it was just so yeah. embarrassing to watch how they were just slipping off. And um, Roquan is, <laughs> well, I mean, everybody's bought into it, but everybody's, there's two guys on on every tackle pretty much. Um, and so that's that's always good to see just finish the play and um, all the interviews with the players like that's all they've been talking about is just just finishing 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 just don't don't let up and so uh, we've definitely been seeing that from um, Roquan Smith and even Danny Trevathan he, he didn't his stats weren't that high but I mean he still dominated like he normally does and he was always there as well so uh, these these linebackers um, are just insane, which we can move on to the outside linebackers and Khalil Mack and uh, Leonard Floyd. So if you want to hit on them a little bit, go ahead. I mean, Leonard Floyd got his first second season, and he held on for dear life to Stafford on that one. But obviously he was overshadowed, overshadowed by his bookend and Khalil Mack, who had two sacks on the day, according to ESPN stats. I know that's, that first one might have been a bit of a half sack between him and Akeem Hicks. But they do have him down for two, and he was dominant as usual. You can really see the difference he makes out there as far as our pass rush, where last week and the week before we kind of had to get a little scheme creative as far as corner blitzes and maybe a little a couple stunts here and there. But uh, with Khalil Mack out there, you can just send four and just get after it. So it's really nice to see him back on the field, and he makes our defense just that much better. And he's so flipping strong. Like, his his – combination of strength and speed is just so much fun to watch like that it that one play personifies Khalil Mack as a whole where he um got chipped by the tight end and that was his that was his speed movement so he was able to uh get hit by the tight end run in and just pull over the 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 lineman and just got the sack and what, what else is cool about Khalil is he's not He's always focused on stripping that ball. So he's always looking to hit that ball as hard as he can. Um, he didn't get it this week, but his focus on stripping the ball is so impressive. And I, I've always appreciated that about his play, especially this this season, just watching him always swatting with the tackle, like swatting with the tackle. Um, and it's it's pretty cool to watch. Um, Leonard Floyd, like you said, finally got his, got his sack. Um, and I, I like how they switch sides. So they put Khalil Mack on the the blind side for a couple plays, and that was fun to watch too. Uh, just Matt getting the matchup in there. Um, 
And then Bryce Callahan got a sack as well. So we he did. He did. The DBs already, but go ahead and give him a little, little credit. But um, let's move into the line and just how dominant they are. Like you can't, you can't break it. You can't smash through that wall. <laughs> yeah, you, you may be able to, ju- you may be able to jump over it, but you're not going to go through it. <laughs> um, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, like you said, the only way to get through it is by going over it. Uh, the Lions had a goal line offensive set against us from the one-yard line. They had three plays. The first two, LeGarrette Blunt, the absolute battering ram of running back, he went absolutely nowhere. That defensive front on the goal line is so stout. The only way the Lions were able to score is by going over the top on the third play, which is pretty lucky. That's just going to happen sometimes. But that was only the second rushing touchdown of the season by giving up that Bears front, and they are truly dominant. Yeah, um, Akeem Hicks, a leader. Um, he his stats may not fly off the page lately, but he is the core of this this defensive uh, line, and I just love watching him play. His passion, and <laughs> one of my favorite things to listen for during the game is his barking. I know it's him every single time. He's like, like the whole time. I I don't, I don't know if you hear it, but like, it's him. And I know it's him. Um, And it's, it's so, it's so much fun. Like I, I, I pray and there's no way that he doesn't end up on it. Um, But I, he's, we're going to have some players in the top 100 this, this year. And um, I I hope it's Akeem Hicks. So they, they uh, talk about his barking because I, nobody really talks about it. But I, I want it. <laughs> I want. I want to hear the players tell us their their perspective because he's definitely barking on the field like a dog. Like it's 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 funny. But anyway, I mean, you could see on you could see in the games how excited he gets, and how animated he is out there when he makes a big, big play. I mean, he's always coming up yelling. You can always hear what he's yelling through the TV, even though there's no mics on that part of the field. So that's really cool to see. Some other guys that absolutely balled out this week. I want to give a shout out to are Eddie Goldman who is a brick wall of a man, just really set up the middle. No one was getting past him. And Bilal Nichols, the rookie out of Delaware, mm-hmm. had himself another great game. He had an, another sack on the season for himself. And he's currently in the starting lineup, outpacing Robert Robertson, Harris, and John Bullard. Nichols had 37% of the snaps on defense this, this game, while Robertson Harris only had 33%, and Bullard only had 26%. So he's ahead of them solidly in the lineup, a battle we thought was going to be between two guys, and now it's the rookie coming up big. And uh, you said it. He's a rookie, and to see that him produce the way that he's producing just goes back to our our uh, Ryan Pace shout out. Like he's he's scored so much with these guys. And it's oh just, yeah, it's it's fun to watch. But um, I think that covers the offense, defense, special teams. Um, do you have any other notes that just kind of came to you while we were talking? We can go back to offense or special teams or. Go ahead. Do you have anything? Yeah, I want to get your take on uh, Prince of Mucamara's interception. Because I know in a closer game, that could have been a bad decision. We almost got a safety out of it as a result when we had the ball on offense. What do you think about that? Do you think he should have batted that one down, or do you like the fact that he took it for a pick? You know, I, Matthew Stafford did have a 17 <laughs> QBR, so that, that definitely helps um, – his QBR going down and it makes us look really good. But in reality, it led to a touchdown if you really look at it. Um, so was it worth it? I don't know. In my opinion, I'm going to say no, but uh, uh, what, what, what's your take on it? I, I loved it. I mean, like you said, in a, 
you don't necessarily want to see him make that play in a close game, but the fact that it was the Lions, the fact that they drove down Stafford's QBR, the fact that they padded the Bears' stats against a divisional rival who has had our number for the last couple of years, it just made it all the better. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it for the passion and for, I mean, even for Prince Mukamaro to get his confidence up. Like, he got he got his second, that's his second interception of the season, I think. Maybe it's third. Yeah, I think it's, it's second. second. It's been it's been years since he had a season of multiple interceptions. I know he's had one or two or one per year every once in a while recently, but I don't think he's had multiple interceptions maybe ever in the league. And I mean, he said in preseason that he's going to get ten, so that's uh, <laughs> he's got eight more to go. So yeah, uh, I'm happy for him, but at the same time, it, it definitely didn't. It wasn't good for the team, um, but I I can see it. Uh, I'll give I'll give it I'll give you that. Um, let's move on to next week and just kind of overview what needs to happen to beat this Vikings team. It's not going to be easy. Uh, I don't want to go into it too much, uh, but let's, let's hit it a little bit. So what, what, what's the keys to the game for this Vikings game? How do we, how do we win it? I think a key to this game is actually going to be Tariq Cohen. What do we want to say? We're going to have a shootout with all of our receivers going downfield, hitting big pass plays. I think it's going to be Tariq Cohen that takes him down. You saw when uh, the Vikings played the who am I thinking of? The Rams. Todd Gurley had four catches, but he also had 73 yards in those catches, and one of those went for 56 yards and touchdown. So if you can get Tariq Cohen one-on-one with a linebacker and get him outpacing that guy, I think we're going to be able to carve him up a little bit. I don't think this is going to be a shoot-up by any means, and those big plays that Tariq Cohen is known to bust open, I think that could be the difference maker for us. I like it. Um, what about on defense? Defense, I think we just got to get Kirk Cousins kind of off his off his axis. He's a pretty consistent guy, and he gets in there with him just like a lot of quarterbacks do, but uh, if we can't let him get comfortable, I don't think Dalvin Cook's meal will do it at his own yet coming off an injury, so I think we just got to get Kirk Cousins a little bit scared back there. Yeah. Uh, this this team is beatable. Um, Definitely. They've, they've proven multiple times that they – can choke <laughs> but we don't want a team that chokes we don't want a vikings team that chokes we want a playoff vikings to play because i want i want to prove to the nation because everybody keeps downing our bucks win everybody keeps downing our our jets and bills wins which i understand like these these te- these teams don't have winning records and everybody's going to down our lions win but if the vikings play at a playoff level and we still beat them i i don't think you can say the Chicago Bears without mentioning also a Super Bowl contender. And yes, I know that's bold, but if listen to me, if the Vikings are playing at a playoff level with Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins, Stefan Diggs, uh, Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph, if they're playing at a playoff level against the Bears and the Bears still win, I think I, you can't they're, – they're, they're already playoff contenders. They're, people are already talking about them potentially making it to the playoffs. But with a win like that, I don't think I, I think you have to enter them into the the conversation. Yeah, definitely. I think this. Me and Jake talked about it last week. This is gonna be the game that kind of defines our season to this point. Like you said, we beat the teams we're supposed to beat, which is great. If you are a playoff team, you have to do that. It's something we haven't done in a couple of years here. But if we really want to truly set ourselves in that elite group and then solidify that top ten spot, those ESPN power rankings, we gotta be able to beat a team like the Vikings. And one matchup I forgot to mention earlier. I cannot wait to see is Kyle Fuller versus Adam Thielen, two of the best at their respective positions right now. That's going to be a battle all day, so I cannot wait to see who comes out on top in that one. Um, where where would you rank Adam Thielen um, 
in the wide receivers today? You know, it's funny. I was just talking about that with my friend on campus today. And I think he's solidly in the top five, but no matter how you put your top five together, you're always going to be leaving some really, really great guys out of that, whether it's Julio Jones gets bumped off the list, A.J. Green gets bumped off the list. The receivers in the NFL are so good right now, but Adam Thielen's definitely got to be in that top five conversation. And it, it's crazy, his story or whatever, like uh, where he came from and just to see where he is today. So I, it's hard it's hard to root for division rivals, but I, I like the guy. I wish he was a bear, but as long, yeah. as, as, long as he's on the Vikings, um, I'm going to wish the worst for him. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least while he's playing the Bears. But uh, um, why would you say that the Bears are a contender other than other than um, just what we see on the field, like I think at that point it comes down to what you can see on paper. You know, the Bears on paper have names absolutely everywhere on this team. I mean, looking at it from a wide wide angle, looking at it from far away, you might think might not think the Bears are any kind of contender. Might not think the Bears are belonging in that conversation. They haven't been for years, certainly. But clear defensive backfield, like we said earlier, Kyle Fuller, Bryce Callahan, Eddie Jackson. In the middle, we got Roquan Smith. On the front, we got Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, Eddie Goldman. These are names all over the defense. On the offense, we got weapons like Taylor Gabriel, Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, Tariq Cohen. No matter what you try to stop or what you try to attack, the rest of the team is good enough that they can make up for that. And that's something we haven't been able to say in years for Chicago. And I think that's what puts us in that conversation now. We have names all over the board, names we didn't have in the past couple of years. I know Colin Cowan mentioned this in a video of his. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it still it still holds true on how how high we are on it. But I'll let you uh, uh, go ahead and talk about uh, what he talked about. Oh yeah, we were talking about this before the show a little bit, and that's that point differential. And I know it's earlier in the season. I think we were at like plus forty. You can only pull up what we are at now. I believe we're fourth in the NFL. I know we're right behind teams like the Chiefs, the Rams, the Saints, who put up just absolutely stupid numbers on offense. Yeah, so Colin Coward was talking about how the best teams they really start to separate themselves. And point differential is a good uh, statistic that can, can I preview that. We're right there with those teams like the Rams, like the Saints, like the Chiefs, who are the best in the league right now. And really four points behind the Rams. So we're firmly, firmly in that conversation, right behind the best of the best. And it's not that point differential thing. It really hasn't been on one side of the ball. So it needs to be on both sides for that to work. So you have to have a defense that keeps the the opposing offense low and you have to have an offense that is beating up on the opposing defense for that point differential to work. And so this is just a complete team and people are going to throw, throw the whole, um, we haven't played anybody excuse out. And I I get that. And that's going to hang over our heads until this week when we beat the Vikings. (laughs) And then um, actually, so I was listening to a few podcasts today, uh, just catching up on, on some, um, opinions out there and I forget who it was I was listening to but they were they were hyped up on the fact that we could potentially beat the Rams and they are beatable we've seen that um, even just last week the Seahawks almost beating the Rams um, and once we get into the second half of I mean once we get into the last quarter of the of our season um, we're gonna have some real challenges and um, people won't be able to ignore us anymore if we're getting some wins in the, the last quarter of the season. So I'm excited. Um, I, I'm also cautiously excited. So like, uh, I'm scared. But at the same time, it, eventually it needs to happen. Eventually we need a real test 
and I think it this week is the beginning of it. Yeah, you talked about that Rams game, and I think our schedule sets up very nicely to give us the best possible chance to win that game. It's going to be the end of the season. They're kind of getting ready for their playoff push, but they have to come into Chicago in the beginning of December when hopefully it's snow on the ground. It's going to be ice cold outside. That's classic bear weather, and a team coming from California is going to have a tough time with that. And I think that's really the only way we can beat these teams if we do get to the playoffs is if we do have home field advantage. If we are playing in Chicago after we win the division, teams like the Rams, the Saints, I hope I think our only shot to beat them is if they're outside in Chicago. Otherwise, they're going to be real tough to slow those offenses down. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think we've proven that we can at least put up enough points to compete with teams like that. Yep. So, definitely. Ash, I, I, I don't know, man. Uh, we'll find. Like I said, we'll find out this weekend. This is the real test, and um, I got butterflies just thinking about it. But I think we've we've broken down pretty much the entire team in the in the week coming up, and I. I think we have a solid show here. Um, so let's go ahead and wrap it up. Thanks so much for listening to Bears Nation podcast. Um, I'm Josh. This is Harrison. Um, and thank you again for listening, for all the listeners out there. If, you, if, you're, if you're listening and you haven't subscribed, if you're listening and you haven't uh, left a comment, if you're listening and you haven't liked or left stars or whatever it is, whatever platform you're listening on, let's go ahead and do that for us. Leave a comment. Um, unless it's it's mean, and then um, you'll you'll hurt Harrison's feelings. Now nah, leave it. Mine. Add some fuel. <laughs> really get me fired up. Give me some energy for next week. That's so funny. You and you and Jake. <laughs> that's funny. Jake says the same thing. Uh, but no, my feelings will get hurt. So just <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. But uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, next week we'll we'll be back, and Jake will be back, and Chris will be back, and Harrison will be doing his interviews. Uh, we're going to get that going. Um, just a shout out to Harrison. Harrison is uh, awesome. He's on Twitter. If you want to go ahead and follow him, Twitter. Oh, what's your Twitter handle, Harrison? My Twitter handle is just at Harrison Barzik and Harrison like Harrison Ford and Barzik is B-A-R-Z-Y-K, the quintessential Polish name for a quintessential Bears fan. <laughs> so yeah, uh, follow Harrison on Twitter. Um, he's going to actually start doing interviews with um, other other analysts around around Twitter. So just just keep your eyes out for that. Um, hopefully, Bears players as the future goes. So uh, we've got big hopes for the for Bears Nation podcast. Again, thank you so much for the the listeners that we have every week. Um, and you know what to do. Bear down. Bear down, Chicago. Welcome.